0: Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey everyone, welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. We're so happy that you're here with us, celebrating life in the South. You know, the most important things in life. Southern food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Southern culture. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Southern women.
1: Oh, yes. I like your of little comments. Course.
0: That's right. Yeah? Because it's all so true. It is. It is. You know, every part of the, every region, I should say, of the United States has its own culture, its own nuances, its own <laughs> style. There's just something about the South. If you can get past the humidity and the bugginess, you know what I'm saying?
1: Hey, you know, i uh, uh, There's a whole lot of folks that come down here to retire and get away Mm -hmm. from the cold. They do. We'll take the muggy over the freezing Mm -hmm. weather any day.
0: I completely agree. We have got the greatest show planned for you guys today, so hang in there with us. We're going to be talking about, well, some late summer cool and easy desserts. Now, these are the kind that you do not have to turn the oven on for. You don't have to turn the stove on for these things. Those
1: are the best kind.
0: Cool, sweet, and delicious, kind of like me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, love it. I kind of like a lot of my favorite Southern women, for sure. Um, so we're going to do that in the second segment. We're going to talk a little bit about etiquette and protocol because guess what? There are some things that you might be doing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Well, let's be honest. You're almost perfect, Nick. So you're <laughs> not doing anything wrong. But there's a few on here. We're mm. all guilty some of a of y'all little.
1: Need a little work on your cooth.
0: Right. You know, none of us are, are you know, without guilt when it comes to an occasional etiquette faux pas. Absolutely. Right? We've Absolutely. all done something we wish we hadn't done, said something we wish we hadn't said. It's normal, okay? Uh, the trick is to learn from it and, you know, go forth and send no more. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about. You know what, though? Uh, I, I've often talked on the show about how I tend to be a little bit clumsy uh, in the kitchen. I kind of call myself the accidental cook. I typically will drop something. My husband, Earl, will make jokes about needing to wear steel-toed shoes when he's in the kitchen with me. Because I I told him, look, as long as when I drop the knife, it's not point down, you have nothing to worry about. (laughs) Just just calm down. That's a good point. Maybe
1: he doesn't need steel-toed boots. Just keep a distance.
0: I break things or, you know, it's just normal. And I make a big mess in the kitchen. He's one of those clean-as-you-go kind of cooks. I'm trying to get better at that, but for the most part, I make a huge, huge mess. But the accident-prone part, and, and those of you that are like me, you, you know who you are. Uh, you trip occasionally, you know, fall yeah. occasionally, drop things occasionally.
1: Stub your toe like every other day. Stubbing
0: the toes is the worst. Yeah, it hurts. Is that not painful? Oh, God. So I was moving a little furniture uh, at my house recently and stubbed my toe very badly. Ooh. and uh, But... It's something I've done many times, <laughs> so I really didn't think i didn't think too much of it. I thought, you know, it's fine. It's fine. You know, it, so it turns purple. What? Big deal, right? Yeah. Um, but after about a week and a half, and I still couldn't put any weight on it, I started to think, maybe, yeah, maybe mm. I really did something this time. Mm. So a friend of mine said, you need to go see a podiatrist. I've never been to a podiatrist in my life, but can I tell you, I've got the most awesome podiatrist now. <laughs> she is a Southern sister through and through. This woman, I, I before I even met her, I heard her talking in the next room, in the next little examining room at her office to another patient, and she just had this big boisterous personality I could hear her coming right through the wall. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And I just loved listening to her, listen to her talk. So she came in and 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 checked out my foot and sure enough confirmed that I had indeed broken the toe, oh. which I don't know if you know, there's not a lot that can be done for that. No, but I had the best time talking to her, and she has got some pretty strong opinions about really? women and how we don't necessarily take good care of our feet.
1: Ah, uh, it's and all you know, those the the pointy-toed heels and all right. that stuff.
0: It's that whole theory that I used to live by, which is it's better to look good than to feel good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not when it comes to your feet.
0: I know. Eventually, you're gonna pay the you're gonna oh, you're gonna pay yeah. for it, right? But she was talking about that, and you know, I started talking to her, and I said, you know what? You would be an excellent guest on the radio show. I yeah. said you need to come in, and we'll do a little segment on feet health and just about what women should do because it's hard for women to step away from the stilettos. Those that that enjoy wearing yes. high heels, it's hard. It's a difficult. And I'm sure there's a way not- that
1: you can still wear them and and properly take care of your feet in the process. I agree. She I'm had sure.
0: some. She had some great suggestions. Wonderful. You know, she did, and she said. Um, she would love to share them, so I think we're going to have her on the show in the next couple of weeks, coming Wonderful. in and talking about talking about that sort of thing. Uh, but the worst part of the whole thing, I didn't have to have a cast because you know they can't cast a toe.
1: No. Did the, the, they give you, like, the little blue foam with okay. the metal around it this, thing?
0: No, they didn't do that. No, she said, just just you just tape it to your other toe, and then you just be careful. Just and run with it. He, yeah, hopefully it'll heal. <laughs> uh, no, the worst part of it was is she says, well, you need to keep it taped, and I want to see you back in a month uh, for an x-ray. But in the meantime, you have to wear this shoe on your foot. Shoe. Okay. I say shoe. That's a polite term for it. <laughs> and... I'm typically not that vain of a person, but let me tell you, Vanity, thy name is an orthopedic shoe. Yeah,
1: that thing's ugly.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, you can't see it, folks, on the radio right here, but just take my word for it. This is the ugliest thing I have ever seen in my life.
1: So the front of it kind of looks like those, um, uh, like the sandals you see the guys wearing that you just slip (laughs) your foot into, right? So it looks like that from like... The arch of your foot forward. Right. And then from the rest of your foot back, it looks like a really, really crummy black like shoe you would wear to work.
0: Nasty. Canvas with velcro that strips across the top and a square square toe. Square toe. Not just a little square toe. An open, gigantic it's like I feel like I'd be a platypus wearing this thing. (laughs) You know, that's a
1: good point. You probably wear that and swim really well. It's all that surface area.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. And I said to her, I said, I don't want to wear that. And she goes, well, you need to wear it. I said, I don't want to wear that. That That's awful. So apparently it's only to protect your foot. Um, the other option is not to go outside. I don't have to wear it at home if I don't want to. And so, so I've just an, stayed in the house for the past weekend. That's now. an open-toed shoe. How's that going to protect I your don't broken know. toe? I think it's supposed to keep you from, because the end of the shoe is so big and sticking out there, it's like a bumper car on your foot. <laughs>
1: That's a great.
0: Right? There you go. That's a description for you. If you hit something, if I hit my foot into another piece of furniture, it's supposed to protect, you know, somehow protect it. But um, with my mm, luck,
1: I'd wear that around and I'd drop something on my foot. mm, It'd make it worse. Oh, on the top. That would be my fault. That would be my (laughs) luck.
0: Well, you know, guys, I, you know, like I said, vanity, vanity. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't think I can wear that shoe in public. I'd rather stay in the house, yeah,
1: personally. Yeah, good point. I'd rather they almost have, like, the air cast.
0: I'm not the only woman then that at feels least that a, way. Then
1: at least it looks like you did something, right? Yeah. Well, you got then, the full-blown air cast got on? the
0: full-blown air cast, then you have to make up a really good story about how you broke your foot.
1: Like, what'd you do to your foot? <laughs> you should I see the other guy's wa- face. I was wave, sur- oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> I was going to say wave surfing. yeah. Right? <laughs> right? The other guy's worse. <laughs> Love it. There you go. Hey, uh, important things we need to cover here in the first segment. Did you know, and I know because I was in the drive thru at Steak and Shake this week, because every now and then a girl's just guts to have herself a steak burger. Oh, yeah. You know what and I'm and saying? And a milkshake. Oh, well, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Okay. Um, steak and Shake has a new milkshake out, folks. It's the Cocoa Crispies milkshake. What? Cocoa Crispies, as in the breakfast cereal. Yeah. It's a Cocoa Crispies milkshake. What? It was strange, and I was oddly confused by it.
1: Did you did I, you I, get it? I
0: didn't order it. I stared at the picture for a long time. I was trying to wrap my brain around the fact that breakfast and milkshakes were converging, and there seemed something wrong about it. First of all, number one issue I have uh-huh. is why on earth would you take a perfectly healthy breakfast food, like Cocoa Krispies, and, and defame it by turning it into a milkshake?
1: I don't know if that's defaming though. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. It sounds a little weird, but it sounds good.
0: Well, it could be. I've done I've done rice krispie type treats with cocoa krispies before for the kids when they were little. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it confused me a little bit. Cocoa krispies milkshake.
1: I wonder. To me, it might almost have like the consistency of like a tapioca, right? I suppose well, it would have like the. Does it have the krispies? In it?
0: I, the picture looked like they were on top. But if you if you stir this these are important culinary conversations here, folks. For those of you listening to the Southern Sisters radio show, this is the type of thing that we need to, well, we just need to get to the bottom of it. Oh, yeah. Cocoa Krispies mixed with ice cream. I just don't know. It confuses me. Yeah, because if it
1: doesn't have the Cocoa Krispies in it, then it's just a chocolate milkshake. Right? Right?
0: Because wouldn't they get all soggy? I mean, think of what the Cocoa Krispies do when you stir them into the milk. They get all mushy.
1: Yeah, and milkshake, it probably doesn't pop either. That's kind of part of the glory of the Krispies, right? Is, is it, to listen is to it snap crackle snap, and pop. Crackle,
0: snap crackle pop it's not type do of thing. That in a milkshake. Very strange. Huh. Anyway, so there you have it, guys. So if any of you have ever tried it, let us know. <laughs> Please let me know. Text te- well, email us. Certainly that's the best way to get in touch with Southern Sisters. Radio at Southern Just let us know if you've tried the uh the Cocoa Krispies milkshake. And yeah. if you have what you thought of it. That way we'll know yeah. it's terrible. None of us will try it. <laughs> right. Thanks.
1: save us from the pain. <laughs>
0: There's been a little Southern controversy.
1: Oh no. There's, I am flustered about this one Jamie. are you really mm-hmm.
0: flustered okay flustered I, could be okay I like,
1: like I, bad like okay I'm,
0: bad flustered
1: mm-hmm.
0: um this is a little bit of sacrilege I think because I and I think it's a little bit of an overreach a little overreaction uh we are living in trying times right now we're living in very heated controversial times right when everyone is so concerned with uh being offended one way or the other yes. which Quite frankly, you know what? If you're a human being, you're going to be offended at one time or another, or you're going to offend someone. But the Orpheum Theater in Memphis, Tennessee, has been showing Gone with the Wind at its Summer Film Festival for 34 years, but not anymore. The theater announced that it is removing Gone with the Wind, which is in the top 10 of the American Film Institute's list of 100 Greatest American Films, and is preserved in the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. But the theater is removing it from its roster after complaints that the film is racially insensitive. Now, the movie is based in Margaret Mitchell's 1936 novel and is considered a classic by many, especially here in the South. Now, as Town & Country magazine reports, a 2014 Harris Poll said the book was one of America's all-time favorites, second only to, what do you think? The Bible. The Bible. My producer's always right. The, the movie earned nine Academy Awards, including the first ever for an African-American actress, Hattie McDowell. She won Best Supporting Actress.
1: Wasn't she like the, uh, wasn't she, um, What was was, she, was it Mammy?
0: Is that uh, what they called her in the? Hattie McDowell. Uh, isn't this in terrible? Movie? Or was she?
1: I can't remember. I'll have to look that one up. We'll look that one up.
0: Yeah, I think she, yeah, she was. She was. I think she was Mammy. Mm-hmm wasn't she gone with the wind has been criticized over the years for romanticizing the south during the civil war as well as for its depictions of slavery now after the orpheum screened the film on august 11th several people complained about its inclusion in the summer series particularly after the events in charlottesville virginia that's when the theater decided or made the decision to cut the picture from next year's summer series about that now this is what what do you think the theater had to say about this I was like because they're gonna you can't do something like that and not explain yourself So they
1: probably said in order to not stoke the fires we've made this decision Right, something along those lines basically
0: yeah and and you have to kind of wonder um is it is it okay to offend one person I mean basically in everything somebody somewhere is going to be offended very true is it the preponderance of people are offended (laughs) if only one person complains that they're offended is that enough to remove something I mean you could start saying that about all sorts of things. Yeah,
1: well, my opinion on it in general, though, is that this was a movie that was made in, what, 1939? Yeah. The movie was made in 1939, which was a drastically different world from which we live in today. Right. And was about a time period 70 years before that. Exactly. So, obviously, there's going to be a lot that has changed culturally right. within society.
0: Right. Um,
1: and a lot of things probably in that movie that are, I mean, for goodness sake, we all know the famous last line. Frankly, right. my dear, I don't give a damn. Right. You couldn't say that on the movies back then. Mm-mm. Now, Mm-mm. on this very radio station, you hear a whole lot worse than that. Wow. Some of us throw so, more profanity yeah. than others. <laughs> but I mean, but really, yeah. that was a big deal.
0: It was. And now
1: we don't view it as a problem at all. Versus the the depiction yeah. of 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 African Americans in that movie. I but, agree,
0: and that is what they were saying. Is one of the complaints was its depiction of of slavery, but. That was part of that time. Correct. We don't look back on that and think that that was right, right? We're not I don't I don't feel that it's glorifying it. No, and that was another I think it's a depiction of what was actually historically accurate correct. at the time.
1: And and that's the thing too, is I have heard right. the, the statement that it didn't properly depict the real harshness of slavery. And right. in that movie, um the, the two primary slaves that are in that movie, Mammy, and I believe her daughter or or the girl that she's helping to raise, they were house slaves, which was a different lifestyle, which they were treated a little bit more as people. I mean, they were still treated like slaves, but but it was a different kind of culture for a slave who worked in the home versus one that worked in the field. And it's not good to be a slave at all. I'm not trying to justify that and make that okay. But it didn't improperly depict slavery of the day. It was actually a rather that. accurate description. Right. So, right. And I
0: don't know that it's the responsibility of every every piece of art, be it be it, you know, uh, art of, of cinematic art or creative arts to necessarily always uh, have a social commentary. Correct. Do you see what I'm saying? Correct. It's more of an accurate depiction. I, I don't know. It's troubling. I can I can understand why I suppose some people might feel this way, but I think it's a slippery slope.
1: I it think is. it's a slippery
0: slope. I think think of all is. the things that we'd have to. Are we going to pull the books out of the libraries? Are we going to. Oh. You know, I don't know.
1: That's not good. That's big brothery. That's a little big brothery, Starts I think so. I don't know,
0: guys. What do y'all think about this? Yeah, we'd love to snow. hear. You know, we have some very educated listeners to the yes, Southern Sisters radio do. show. So if you'd like to email us at radio at southern sisters com, we'd love to know what you think about the, um, well, sort of the cleansing of art. That's what's happening in this world, yep, right? True. It's what happened with the statues and the monuments coming down. We love to hear from you. We'll be right back.
2: Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now
0: sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back Lato, to the Southern Lato. Sisters Radio Program, the food segment. I wait all week for the food segment. I
1: know. It's the best
0: one. Mm. Mm. Eating food, talking about food. Well, if you're from the South and you're within the sound of my voice, I know you love Southern food, too. And mm. in the summertime. Yeah, it's a little hot outside. Maybe you don't want to heat up the kitchen, baking a big old cake.
1: Oh, yeah. Sometimes slaving in the summer in the kitchen just ain't worth it. It's not worth
0: it, no. And if there's something that you could whip up that is easy, number one. Like that word. Cool. Number two.
1: Also like that word
0: creamy, number three. These are all good adjectives, right? (laughs) And maybe a little chocolatey. That's, well, you know, for me, that's that's a wonderful thing. We have some Southern Sisters recipes for you today, folks, that are just going to, well, they're going to put a smile on your face, right? And you're not going to heat up the kitchen, and you're going to please the entire family. Uh, Desserts, cool and creamy variety. We have a couple of recipes to share with you that we think you'll enjoy. You're going to be able to see all the photos and the recipes on the Southern Sisters website. Just go to Southern Sisters Home Click on the blog. We put gorgeous photographs up there every week. Oh, yes. And
1: the best part about it is the photos that we're seeing from the recipes.
0: Yes. That's uh, the actual. It is. Oh, yes. The
1: actual then eaten actually after is. the picture's taken product
0: exactly no, no i don't i don't disappoint i've always been into the photography my cookbooks have 400 photographs each in them because i think it's important to to be able to see what it is you're making yeah you know it's hard sometimes it's hard to visualize a it recipe is. just by reading it mm-hmm. you know what i mean why don't we start off with a macaroon ice cream tort Ooh. oh hello beautiful this is so good and so easy to whip together. Easy is an understatement. <laughs> easy is, it, this is one of the simplest things. There's no baking involved. It's mostly assembly. Really? And And there are certain folks out there would say, well, if it's just assembly, it's not a true recipe. And, well, yes, it is. you know, I got something to say to them. When you're hot and tired, sometimes you just want to assemble. <laughs> yes. So get off my case. Just
1: keep it simple. <laughs>
0: keep it simple. So what you're going to need for the macaroon ice cream tort, and believe me, it is heavenly Oh, there's the singing again. (laughs) You're going to need 30 of your chocolate or plain macaroon cookies. Okay, these are store-bought cookies. You can pick them up in the grocery store. You'll need one quart of coffee ice cream, okay? Mm. If you you can leave the ice cream sitting out for a couple of minutes to soften it just a bit, that's even better. You're going to need one quart of chocolate ice cream, one cup of milk chocolate toffee bits, You know what I'm saying You know what I'm talking about The little toffee bits Like little Heath candy Mm -hmm. bars Chopped up And a little hot fudge topping Okay Is warmed up You're going to sprinkle A third of the cookies. Now, now, you've crumbled them. You've taken those cookies, those 30 chocolate macaron cookies, and you've crumbled them. You're going to sprinkle a third of the cookies into an ungreased 9-inch springform pan. I'm a big fan of the springform fam. A springform for- <laughs> spring pan basically allows your dessert to go vertical. without falling over it gives you those nice high raised sides Mm -hmm. okay so you're going to put about a third of those cookies into an ungreased nine inch springform pan you're going to layer it with two cups of coffee ice cream another third of the cookies two cups of chocolate ice cream and one half of those yummy little heath toffee bits got it then repeat the layers so we're going vertical you're going to freeze it covered until it's firm Here's one of the nice things about this dessert. You can freeze it for up to two months. Wow. Let's say you know you've got company coming over in a couple of weeks. You can make this ahead of time and take it out when you're ready to serve. Got it? So you remove the tort from the freezer for about 10 minutes before you're going to slice it. And then serve it with a little bit of fudge topping on top. Ooh, oh, my word. It is so incredible. I am saying that's
1: just easy. I know. Oh, I think crunching up the cookies is probably the hardest part of that entire thing.
0: Uh, probably, right? A little <laughs> bit of labor so involved. They're almost not even recipes. They're almost just like an easy way to assemble something sweet and creamy and yummy. And
1: this is also a great way to get the kids involved. Right? They don't have to be around the stove. It's nice and simple.
0: Get them in the kitchen. Perfect. Make them roll up their Especially sleeves. Help a little can bit. Especially teach
1: them to cook your dessert on a regular mm, basis.
0: That'd be nice. <laughs> They're little slaves. Put them to work. Teach them how to cook. How about a root beer float pie? Ooh. Now. That's just crazy talk, isn't it? That is crazy talk. Here's what you're going to need for this. You're going to start this recipe with a carton, an eight ounce carton of whipped topping. Cool whip. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. You're going to need about three fourths of a cup of root beer. So, what you're going to do is you're going to set aside half a cup of that whipped topping for a garnish later. So, take out a half a cup, set that aside. In a large bowl, you'll whisk together three fourths of a cup of cold root beer, one half cup, of milk, one package, one small package of vanilla pudding mix, and you're going to whisk that together for about two minutes, right? Fold in half of the remaining whipped cream, and then you're going to spread the whole thing into a nine inch graham cracker pie crust. Just spread it right in there. Then spread the remaining whipped topping over the pie Freeze it for at least eight hours. You want it good and cold and frozen. Got it? Then dollop the reserved whipped topping on over each serving as you serve it. I like to put a little oh. maraschino cherry on top. Oh,
1: yeah. That's just perfect. It, just because it's
0: so pretty. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: It sounds great. It's just cool. and I mean, think of the flavors of a, of a root beer float. Oh, yeah. But then put it into a, a creamy pie. Yum. Hello. Perfect. Now, I know that you like to grill, Nick. We talked do. about that. I do. It's summertime, we're outside, we're grilling. I have, while the while that grill is still hot after you've done done cooking your dinner, <laughs> right? You're going to uh, you're going to be able to whip a, a great grilled cold summertime dessert. Oh? This is grilled honey balsamic glazed fruit. I use peaches for this. Yum. They are so good. In a small saucepan, folks, you want to combine a half a cup of balsamic vinegar, a half a cup of honey, and about a dash of salt. You're going to cook and stir that over low heat for two to three minutes or until it's blended. You're going to reserve one-third cup of the mixture for brushing the peaches. Mm. Now, don't be taken aback by the fact that this is vinegar and honey. I promise you the flavors are going to meld. They're going to come together perfectly. Now, you're going to bring the remaining mixture to a boil over medium heat. Cook and stir it for about four to six minutes. You'll be able to tell when it starts to thicken. It'll thicken slightly, kind of syrupy, okay? Don't overcook it. So as soon as it's a little syrupy, just remove it from the heat. Now you're going to take six peaches, six medium peaches. You could also do nectarines, by the way. Oh. Heck, let's get wild. We could probably do pineapple.
1: Oh, that's another delicious option. On the
0: grill, I do pineapple easily. Wonderful. But you're going to brush your peaches, six medium peaches that you have cut in half and taken the pits out. Brush it with some of that reserved balsamic vinegar and then grill them covered On an oiled rack over medium heat, about six to eight minutes on each side, or until they begin to caramelize. You're going to brush them occasionally with some of that reserved balsamic mixture, and just serve it along with the glaze. Just You could let them come to room temperature if you want. Um, You could serve them with with a little ice cream if desired, and, well, I desire that. Yes, balsamic gla- balsamic honey glazed peaches served with ice cream I mean, mm-hmm. there's just no reason not to make that, that. The peaches great. are in season oh, yeah. You know your grill's hot Very You've been using perfect. it, right? Yeah. How about that?
1: That sounds great
0: Mm-mm-mm. I'm just, you know what? The dessert shows get me the worst <laughs> They really do Because I go home craving something
1: Get you in the most trouble, right?
0: May have to shop for a Cocoa Krispies milkshake on the way home from the studio <laughs> That's something wrong about that, Nick. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to to test it. (laughs) Guys, we'll be right back with a, well, an etiquette lesson. Don't be afraid.
2: Everybody eats when they come to my house.
0: Southern Sisters radio program. Are you uncouth? Do you have bad manners?
1: Um, Do you pick your teeth
0: at the table? These are not good things.
1: Who you (laughs) asking?
0: Listen, if nobody's around, I don't know that it matters. (laughs) But if I'm there, if I'm at the dinner table, well, let's just say my children know that a different standard of behavior is expected at the dinner table when mom is sitting there. Absolutely. You know, it's just a whole different (laughs) ballgame. You know, there are a lot of very common mistakes that folks make when it comes to etiquette. Okay, I mean we all make them We've all embarrassed ourselves Done the wrong thing Used the wrong fork Said the wrong thing At one time or another Everyone (laughs) makes etiquette faux pas Every now and then Even etiquette experts How about that? The key to making things right Is to apologize for whatever it is And move on Learn from your mistakes And try not to keep making the same ones Well over and over You know If you do it over and over It becomes a habit And then then it's harder to break Then you're not trying no, you're, you just ain't trying. <laughs> now, following certain rules of etiquette is essential in both social and professional situations. So it's good. It's a good idea to learn them. It can mean even the difference between keeping or losing friends or even getting ahead in business. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. see what I'm saying? Just as important is to learn what not to do. So we're going to talk today about those not to do things, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, here's what, you, here's what you do not want to do. Let's start with number one, being impolite to anyone. You know the golden rule, right? Yes. Right. Being nice to others in all ser- uh, scenarios is the most important rule of etiquette you can follow. You may not know proper placement of dinnerware or when to use which fo- fork, folks, but most people will forgive you for those small infractions. Mm-hmm. However, and I can't under- I can't overstate this enough, being rude to people is simply something that you can't undo. Nope. That was always a big deal with me, like, back in my er- single days when I was dating um, if a date was in any way rude to, like, the waitstaff at a restaurant, that just bothered me so much.
1: Yeah, that's a telltale sign.
0: Telltale. If, mm-hmm. if they'll be rude to someone there, they'll be rude to anybody, yeah, in my exactly. opinion. Someone who's serving you. If they're rude, then that's just not right. Correct. Politeness extends to everyone you come in contact with. From the doorman of your office or apartment building to your boss and other company executives. I'm always very polite to you, aren't I, Nick? Yes, you are. I know. And I
1: hope I'm always very polite,
0: You are the epitome of politeness. Oh, well, Epitome of a Southern gentleman. (laughs) Showing gratitude and respect to servers at restaurants, sale clerks at retail outlets, and even the bagger at your grocery store can make the difference in a service person's day. Think about that. I mean, you know, they may be having a bad day. An unkind word from you could just make things all the worse for them.
1: Yeah, very you, true. You
0: can lift people up or you can tear them down with your words and exactly. never underestimate the power of your words. So, you know, uh, a simple
1: thank you can change somebody's day. Yes, absolutely. Ex- exactly.
0: Be be grateful. Uh not being nice to any of any of the people that you come into contact with especially the ones that are serving you mm-hmm. um shows a a lack of character quite frankly absolutely. on your part. So, yep. number 2, Things that you might be doing that you should not do. Okay? And I'm so bad at this one. Being late. Mm. Now, Nick knows I was 20 minutes late to the studio today. It's okay. Now, he is is such a sweet, kind Southern gentleman. He never chastises me for it. But the fact is it has happened more than once. So, therefore, that may be poor etiquette on my part. (laughs) Now, today it was traffic. Traffic issues. But if you are one of those people who are chronically late, you are showing disrespect for other people's time. Right?
1: Yeah, you gotta, you know, and, and, and the biggest difference, too, about it all is, mm-hmm. is if you're going to be late, at least tell somebody. Right. At least let them know. We live in a day and age of cell phones. You've got one in your I pocket or completely in your purse. agree. Just tell them, hey, sorry, running behind.
0: Now, you have to admit, Nick, I have been known to take a picture of the traffic and send it to you.
1: Yes. Well, once again, you're driving into Atlanta. We all understand that. how that goes right. sometimes. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Let them know if you're running late. When you agree to show up at a certain time, just try to be there on time. If you mm. are occasionally late, you will probably be forgiven if it isn't something you do often. And like you said, Nick, always call and let someone know your circumstances and then your ETA. Mm-hmm. I find that's helpful. Yes, you're right. If well, I if I'm going to be 20 minutes, I, I like to let you know so that you can do something else for those 20 minutes. And I
1: always, you know, I I I have this problem too of of being later, yeah. cutting it way too close for comfort. Sometimes, right. yeah, you know, I just I've learned that whatever time I think it's going to take me to get somewhere, right, I add about an extra 10 minutes to the commute. Yeah. And and you know what? If I have to sit in the parking lot for ten minutes, I sit in the parking lot for ten I minutes. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. Then I'm the first one there, and you then are. it's about where are you guys? Oh, been? Then you're just a,
0: then you're just sucking up. <laughs> That's not always oh, a bad you're thing. That guy. That's not always a bad thing. <laughs> no, right? it's not. No. <laughs> Another thing that is very poor etiquette that you should not do is failing to introduce others. Now, I've I've been guilty of this too, but not primarily because I may have forgotten the person's name. I hate to admit that that has happened to me before. So when you are with people and you don't know and they don't know each other, let's say you're with two people. They don't know each other. You should always introduce them. If you can't remember either of their names, then politely say something like, I'm sorry, I know we've met, but I can't recall your name. Then use the person's name during the introduction and afterward in conversation. Okay, that does two things that reinforces it in your brain, their name, and it also kind of makes them feel better. <laughs> if you continue to use their name, right? Now if you um if you include something that you discussed with that person in the path past, it will kind of soften up the fact that you forgot their name. Mm. I've done that before. I'll there'll be somebody I their name slips my mind, but I remember meeting them before and I remember some circumstances about meeting them before. Yes. You see what I'm saying?
1: Well one thing too I've realized that works for me. And it's a little bit of a a a tell, I guess. But sometimes if you forget, if I've forgotten someone's name, I'll ask them, "What was your whole name again?" And it's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't forget that you were Jenny. I just couldn't remember Jenny Earhart. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that way. You didn't really forget their name. You didn't really forget Sometimes it. Sometimes that's another way to do it as well. That's, what was your whole name again? What was your whole name? And and people and and oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Jenny Earhart. I'm sorry. I, I knew right. I knew a Jenny Aaron. I put the two confused. I'm that, sorry. Oh, ooh, Those little smooth. things. It works. That is smooth. And you keep the etiquette, and it makes people. Yeah. And honestly, what is
0: your whole name again? Right, Jenny Earhart. It
1: it's something about saying your whole name I makes know. you feel kind of professional it and does important, actually, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah.
0: Jenny frickin' Earhart. <laughs> Makes me feel very special. But it does. It helps. Now, you know, I, tell me if you've ever done this. And I've done this with my husband and my best friend. We're going somewhere and I know I don't remember someone's name. I know I, know I don't. I've done this thing where I will turn to my friend quietly and just say, I've forgotten her name do me a favor just stick your hand out and introduce yourself and then she'll have to repeat her name
2: yes okay yes. right
0: so then pam will walk up to that person and say hey i'm pam sanders right and then obviously that person then well thank you i'm whoever right yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, and of course i'm listening
1: <laughs> yes we've all done that before. and you can
0: slide right into it like you never forgot their name at all and
1: i know we need to move on but real quick question yes have you ever had someone come up to you and go honestly i'm so sorry i forgot your name what's your name again
0: well in all honesty i'm I'm quite memorable. Nick, so, <laughs> so no, well that has never happened to me. You've never no, to no, I, I have. But, yeah.
1: and, but here's my question: yeah. Do you? Are you like oh, you forgot my name? Yeah. No, most people. Aren't. No. So no, usually I'm if you're not honest about offended. it. No, but no, you know you got to make people that say to
0: me like, oh, uh, Gina. They'll call me Gina. Like, close. Or close. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they just. But they at least they were kind of right on the first syllable. Right? But especially,
1: <laughs> you don't know that your friend doesn't you know for sure that your friend does not know this new acquaintance right you've got to make that introduction you do because then you've built that you have helped build that relationship right and I, that's I, great don't
0: you think where it gets awkward is if you have met the person a couple of times and then realize you don't remember their name yeah by then you feel it like it's weird. really embarrassing because yeah. i've seen you 3 times and i still don't know your name
1: <laughs> yeah it does get a little weird right. then we it can is, all the- find ways around it
0: Now, listen, here's another thing not to do when it comes to etiquette. This is a common etiquette mistake, folks. Chatting or texting on your cell phone while you're physically with other people. Okay, so always give the person you are physically with your attention. If your cell phone rings, you receive a text that needs immediate response, politely excuse yourself and keep all electronic contact brief. Mm -hmm. Okay, now then when you return to the person, apologize and refrain from making a habit of chatting on the phone or texting when you're with someone else. I think this is especially important, um, you know, like you're dating (laughs) in a date situation, certainly in a business situation. Um, and like I said, we, we know that like some of us have, if you have young children, your mothers, you're out, um, you get a call from a child. Mothers understand that.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mothers are
0: very forgiving. Parents in general often are very forgiving about that. So just just be aware of it. Um, it's best not to text while you're dining with others. No. When you're out. How you does know, it make and you, you know what? feel?
1: You know what, folks? Don't even like put the phone on the table. Leave it in your pocket. Leave it in your bag don't even get it out right and that will you won't yeah. be tempted to uh-huh. check your phone real fast
0: exactly just and, talk and Enjoy don't, the don't think i don't notice if you've got the phone <laughs> under the table okay a couple of my kids tried to get away with that at the dinner table i just noticed they weren't talking and i looked at them and they were looking down but they had the cell phone like down under the table and they were in their lap and they were texting
1: <laughs> like you don't think i can notice that's the quickest come way to get it taken away
0: yeah come put on. it in the basket yeah Put it in the cell phone basket. Another common mistake when it comes to etiquette is failing to RSVP. Mm -hmm. This is a lost art. And there are certain people out there, millennials, who are not (laughs) so good about RSVPing for parties. Now, when you're invited to any event, whether it's a dinner party or a wedding, let the host know whether or not you'll be there. And please do it as soon as possible. Failing to RSVP can hamper the person who must plan the guest list. Pay for the food and the space. So if you send regrets and later discover that you are able to make it, call the host and ask if it isn't too late. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Oh. There may still be time. And being understanding if the host has already filled your position is also important. This is true with weddings when you're paying yes. by the head. Yes. It's just a, a, a tremendous expense. Um, so be, be be mindful of that. Yes. Um, if you have accepted and you get sick at the last minute, call the host immediately Never change plans if something more interesting comes along. No. You've already made the commitment. That ain't fitting. Stick to it. Don't do it. Don't change your mind. Mm. No. You may never get invited again by that host if he he finds out. (laughs) And if you make up other plans, I actually have a friend that this happened to. She had plans with someone. The person canceled the plans. And then later posted a picture of themselves on Facebook doing something else.
1: Oh, it was
0: it was was so.
1: It's a slap in the face. It was awful. Yeah. It's A slap in the face. It
0: ain't right. No. Mm. Now another uh, common etiquette mistake is being. I think we've talked about this before, Nick. It's being too (laughs) self-absorbed. Not you. I'm talking about just in general. We've talked about it. We don't (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> you have when chatting with friends family or coworkers, give equal time during the conversation if you have a pattern of making the discussion all about you you may discover people walking a wide berth around you or running away when they see you coming we all know who these people are mm-hmm. and if you don't know anybody who's like this it might be you it might be you You don't want people to see you as narcissistic or self-absorbed. The best way to have a decent conversation with someone is to ask questions about him or her and then be attentive. Be a good listener. Listen to what they have to say. How about another common etiquette mistake? Mm -hmm. Having bad table manners. Yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. I Chew feel with your I, mouth listen, for years I felt like I was the table manner police at my house. <laughs> um, well I probably wasn't a lot of fun to eat with for a while because I would just I would, you know, snap my fingers. Chew with your mouth closed. In this world of people rushing around, you may have become accustomed to running through a drive-through lane and eating on the run. Uh this is bad for your digestion. It also gets you out of the habit of exercising good table manners. So, when you're dining out with others, please folks, Good Southern sisters know this. Take your time to observe proper table manners, right? If you're unclear about what the rules are, hey, you can find it online. Believe me, there's plenty of advice out there.
1: Even, you know what, if you really aren't sure, just ask the folks you're with. Right. It's okay. No. No one's going to judge you. I'd rather you ask than go, (laughs) when you're drinking your soup, just be like, hey, you know.
0: You're you're so right. And believe me, there's just, uh, you can't, I can't overstate the importance of good table manners. Mm Because people will, may or may not notice your good table manners, but I guarantee you they will notice your bad ones. Yes, they will. Last and final common etiquette mistake, Southern sisters, and the men who adore them. Forgetting to be thankful. Mm. When someone gives you a gift or does something special for you, always show your gratitude. You know, immediately say thank you, obviously. And when you get home, send a brief thank you note. If time gets away from you, don't let that be an excuse to ignore what you should have already done. Try to send a thank you note as soon as possible. Now, I know we live in a new age. Texting, emailing, Snapchatting. You know, people have asked me before, is that an acceptable substitute? And I always just say, well, it's better than nothing.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: It's better than nothing. And I do understand that we have to evolve and change with the times. (laughs) But we've talked before about how nice it is to get a handwritten note.
1: Yes, and I think if you You go go to a wedding or especially a large event like that, you absolutely should send a handwritten note. Um, But if you go to like a gathering, a football game at a friend's house, or something like that, whenever you get home, Jump on Facebook or pull out your text messages and say, hey, thanks for having me tonight. I had a great time. I love Sometimes that. Sometimes that will make Ever, it, you are I the agree. first person they invite the next time they're having a get that's,
0: I think that's right. And you know what you do? You're, you're meeting them on a medium that they're comfortable with. Exactly. You know, you really are. So I put Perfect. some people disagree with that. I think it's a fantastic idea. <laughs> well, folks, there you go. Don't make these mistakes. No. Don't make these common errors. You're better than that. Guess what we're going to do in the next segment? We are going to prepare for a disaster. Oh. Oh, indeed we are. All right. Southern Sisters has some great advice. Stay tuned, guys. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Well, if you're within the sound of my voice or if you're listening to us on Facebook, on Facebook Live, uh, you may very well have been through or experienced some of the uh, the effects of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, our Facebook following, certainly we have folks all over the South that watch us online. Um, and so, you know, certainly our hearts and prayers are with you. It's been a yes. tough time for those communities. Um, it's uprooted families, you know, Absolutely. pets. Absolutely. Houses have been been damaged and destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we all are at risk in one way or another. It's possible. I know that here in sort of our neck of the woods, we don't worry as much about hurricanes here in in the Atlanta area as we do about tornadoes. Correct. Right. Certainly, uh, thunderstorms that result in heavy rains, we often get flooding here Mm -hmm. in this area. So, are you prepared? Are you
1: that's a very loaded question, Jenny.
0: Well, <laughs> it's a very loaded question. Um, you know, I think people may think that they are, but when they really think it through, they may realize they're not. Oh. There are things that you should be doing, right? Yes. So we're actually, in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about what you're not doing, okay, <laughs> that you should be doing. I feel all like right. we're giving folks a lot of lists today.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this is all vital stuff. I'm a you list person. You can always person. go like listen to, check to them it on, off. on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can go back and give it a listen. And, go back.
0: Uh, Pause and
1: play and take notes
0: (laughs) Take some notes down guys Share it with your loved ones Certainly those that are near the coast It's important for them to know these things Um, But do you know there are um, a lot of common mistakes that folks made Or things that they're not doing uh, That they should to be prepared for any kind of natural disaster or emergency Um, The number one thing that people don't do in preparing for disaster Is they don't have enough stored food Mm. All right. So the last place you want to be during a natural disaster is stuck inside your home with no food. Now, Southerners, we have a little experience with the whole ice storm. We better get bread and milk type of thing. (laughs) You You need more
1: than just bread and milk, people. You do. Like, what do you do? Any milk sandwiches? I don't
0: know. You could do. What can you do with bread and milk? I
1: don't know. You got to have some peanut butter. Sounds unpleasant. It doesn't sound
0: that good. No, you can't (laughs) even do French toast because you need eggs for that. Yeah. Oh, well. As a general rule, guys, you should have enough non-perishable food stored up for three days. Mm -hmm. Got it? If the power goes out for more than two hours, the food, did you realize this? The food inside your refrigerator will start to spoil in as little as two hours. Stocking up a few days of food is especially crucial following weather events that shut down an entire city. Something like a, a snowstorm, an ice storm.
1: FYI, people, too, leave those canned goods and stuff up at the top of the pantry in case there is flooding. It doesn't uh, ruin those It doesn't those ruin foods. those things. Yes, leave them up
0: at the top. Excellent suggestion. Another mistake that folks make when it comes to getting being prepared for natural disaster is not setting aside some cash. Mm. How about that? Yeah, the right? card
1: machines don't work when all the power's out.
0: Yeah. You got problems, right? <laughs> in the event of an electrical system's outage, your debit card may not be useful. You'll need spending cash to buy some important items or to pay for services that may become necessary during an emergency. It's recommended that you keep a few hundred dollars under the mattress in case extreme weather hits. And here's another important thing to remember: you should um, get that money in small denominations because you may be places where they can't make change. Yeah, fives
1: and tens. Fives and uh, do tens. Do it
0: right. I love the part about hanging it under, you know, hiding it under your mattress. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think my grandmother used to do that, right? Who didn't? (laughs) Now, another thing that folks tend not to do that they should is they don't have an out-of-area emergency contact. Now, think about this. You don't just need to have a nearby friend's phone number at the ready if severe weather strikes. Um, You know, if a devastating weather system hits town, you might need to call a friend from afar. If there's widespread destruction, you may need to leave town. It's virtually important. It's always sorry. It's vitally important to um, have a go-to friend or a family member that's expecting your call and is willing to help you, whether it's with resources or maybe even a place to stay.
1: That's a very, very good point. I think a lot of people don't think about, well, what can they do? They're 200 miles away. I know, right. They're your evacuation plan.
0: They are, (laughs) right, right. And they may be able to tell you what roads are clear, what are you know, here's the best way to get here, right? Make sure that you set up an out-of-town emergency contact and make sure they know that you'll be relying on them if there's an emergency, okay? (laughs) Another thing don't do that people often don't do that they should is... Folks tend not to have enough stored water, mm. okay? Now, you should store one gallon per person per day yep. for extreme weather threat, if if, if, if you're hit with extreme mm. weather. You'll need at least that much for drinking, cooking, and bathing in an emergency.
1: Absolutely. Got that? And, and honestly, folks, the gallons, a lot better of an idea than the individual bottles, the pe- cases yeah. of bottles. The Cheaper, gallons, too. Yes, the gallons will go a lot they store better. They store better. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Water folks. Another thing that people tend not to do that they should is you may not have a plan ready for your entire family.
1: Most of us don't. Let's just be honest here, no. people. I know that I don't have a plan for everything. Right. Do you?
0: No, not no. everything. Let's a couple fair. of things. Yeah. Do you know what fire. I realize? Well, fire Fire. typically parents, I think, think of that, especially if they have kids up on the second floor. Oh, yeah. Right. They need to know how to get out. Um, if a tornado hits your town, let's say in the middle of a weekday. While you're at work and the kids are at school, does everyone know exactly what to do? Does your son know if he gets stuck at work where you'll be if a winter storm suddenly paralyzes the town? Mm. Think ahead and plan in you know for every scenario. It'll keep your family from panicking, uh, right? When what yes. they really need is poise and calm. Yes, you know,
2: absolutely. I find
0: that a place, especially if you're someplace out. We used to always say we'd have a place to meet mm-hmm. if we weren't at home. Mm-hmm. Here's where we'll all meet. Yep, you know. That's, that's useful, especially if you're like if you're ever at a, at like a ballpark or a, uh, any kind of fairgrounds or something where, where there's a lot of people. It's always good in case you get separated to say, if anybody gets lost, we, if we get separated, here's where we'll yes, meet. Yes, right? absolutely. Now, another thing that you may not be doing is you haven't figured out where you would go in the event of an emergency. Mm. How about this? A place that maybe allows pets so you yes. don't have to leave Fido at home. Good point. I would have a hard time leaving Dixie the Wonder Dog at home. <laughs>
1: I don't know, you'd have to take Dixie with you. She could probably rescue you in situations along the way, right? You know, I
0: was talking to her yesterday, and I told her, I said, if you just had opposable thumbs, you would be so much more help to me. I could teach her to do so many things. She could help around the house. She could run the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Dixie, my wonder dog. Um, Some Red Cross Cross shelters don't allow pets to come in with families, Mm -hmm. and some hotels also forbid them. So to save yourself the added stress of getting turned away in an emergency, be sure to check with local hotels and find the one that will be accommodating in an emergency in case your house becomes uninhabitable, right? Uh, The Red Cross Shelter Finder app can tell you if the nearest shelter will allow pets. There you go. Red Cross Shelter Finder app. How about that? Another thing, guys, that is sometimes, well, we're not doing it and we should. Is your first aid kit complete? (laughs) Most families, believe it or not, have uh, a first aid kit that is either incomplete or non-existent. Okay. Or you
1: have it and it's been in the same place for nine <laughs> you years. I might want to check and see if that vaccine's still good. Exactly. Have expired.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Don't get complacent or lackadaisical with your first aid kit. It needs to be complete and ready to go at all times. If you've used something in the in the past in an emergency, be sure to replace it. This includes prescriptions, right? Yes. Make sure you're all set when the, thor- when the storm threatens. And once you're stranded, you never know. That first aid kit may save your life. Mm-hmm. How about this? Another thing, guys... People don't realize, keep your cars in tip-top condition. My mother used to always say, you need to have at least a half a tank of gas in your car at all time, and I used to tease her about it. And make fun of it. But you know what? Under the right circumstances, you don't want to be looking for gas.
2: Very true. Or under
0: the wrong circumstances. I should say, you don't want to be looking for gas. Guys, we think it's important to stay safe whenever, but certainly in times of natural disaster. We hope we don't ever have to live through it. Yep. Uh, But we want to know that we're prepared if we do. All of these tips will be on our website. You can go and look up for these tips about surviving a natural disaster at southernsistershome.com. Just click on the blog. It was a great week. We'll see you guys right back here next week.